Hello and welcome to Read It For The Pictures, the comic book podcast where we read it for the pictures. My name is David Clark, and with me as always is my on-fleek fam, Neil Caput. How you doing, Neil? Good. So today we have two books about young superheroes written by people who probably aren't young. In one case, definitely aren't young. So there's Marvel's Champions by Mark Wade and Humberto Ramos, issue number eight, and the relaunch of Young Blood by Chad Bowers and apparent newcomer artist Jim Toe is going to be harder than usual to talk about just from the sense of the pictures. Anyway, uh, starting off with Champions, you got me to read this, so why don't you get us started? So, Champions is one of the most shameless attempts at pandering to a youth demographic by people who have a very cynical understanding of that demographic. It's a bunch of legacy characters, teen versions, like the Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel, and the Miles Morales Spider-Man. And they think that the adult superheroes aren't going after the real problems. So they're going to be the down-to-earth, edgy heroes who go after the real issues. Like, there was that one issue where they took down the supervillain that was human trafficking. There was one where they fought the corrupt, racist sheriff of a small southern town. Oh, yeah, and they have... These villains, the freelancers, whose specialty is punching down, and they go against the, quote, weak, poor, and woke. Oh, dear. This is the creative team on this did the popular 90s superhero comic Impulse, which was a very contemporary and, dare I say, hip comic for the 1990s. So Was that also Humberto Ramos? Yeah, they worked together before. And I don't think Ramos has as much of the blame for the ridiculousness of the premise and all the nattering ons about punching down and microaggressions and being lit and branding and last what the devil are the children into these days character actor james horan say what now i don't know that i i was just trying to come up with words and that was what came to mind yeah um i don't want to dwell too much on the story basically it's it's basically a think piece with punching. I will say that Humberto Ramos does work his little ass off making this thing actually like a comic book. Like, so much of this story, it's actually one of the things I wanted to ask you about this, but so much of this story is characters just standing around and talking and could be interminable, but so much. Humberto Ramos puts so much into the, the character acting and the poses. And it's obviously, he's got, like, more of a exaggerated cartoony style, which really works here because he's, these characters are able to have, like, he's really able to push the exp- push the figures and the body language in a way that makes it fun and bouncy. Yeah, 
That's true. And several previous issues have been very talky. There were some fight scenes, like, against the freelancers, but a lot of it is them just chillaxing and bonding over paintball and coming up with sick combo moves and... uh, But yeah, you're right. And there are a lot of instances where space is taken just to show the social repercussions of the champions and how they're popular amongst the youth. So like you saw how it opened with the splash of the freelancers, champions branded high-end sports clothing. I was actually going to ask you about that because I'm not sure if it's a something's wrong with how comicsology I think you're reading them in print, and I'm reading them digitally on Comixology. I'm reading it in print, yeah. In Comixology, there's the front cover, and then you turn, and then on the left-hand side, it's this page of champion's gear behind some glass, and then on the right, there's this explaining who the champions are and who the roster is and all that. That yeah, there's the yeah. That's well for me because I'm reading it in print. The first page is the sportswear. The second page is the recap. The third page is the opening scene with Miss Marvel. Yeah, that I don't. It felt like I was missing a page because she immediately t- starts talking about he, and then it's not addressed who she really means. Yeah. Well, there's that. Maybe it's a misprint. But there's this random page in the middle that shows people bitching about the champions selling out. And there's the app that goes to their the freelancers online store. There's the fan page that says disgusted as if it were a character screaming outrage in a Frank jo- Cho titty sketch. Oh, but that's another problem. Oh, yeah, this page kind of looks like it goes with the one from the beginning, maybe... Yeah. I don't know, maybe they decided they needed a beat in between the, the Miss Marvel scene at the beginning and the scene with Cyclops. I guess so, but it just out of nowhere, and I can't really tell what's going on. Like, are these people angry at the shirts or happy with them? Like, the fat guy sitting on the couch with the champion's cap and champion's sweater, what does he think? He looks just comatose is he supposed to be like the incompetent masses who blindly accept the freelancers version well i think i think the body language on that guy works but i imagine they were thinking okay we need someone to be watching tv and see this stuff going on and be angry about it but how do we communicate that he likes the champions so it's sort of weird that he's angry about them having merchandise but he's also wearing it that would be a perfect metaphor for comic book fans as far as i can tell like he he's very much looks like the stereotypical fan he's very overweight slovenly neck beard calm down here neil you're the one who got me to read this comic despite the fact you've been complaining about it for months I complain because i love to complain about it not because i particularly hate this comic it's kind of a, an issue with this book, is you've got these scenes which are characters standing around talking, and Rambato really pulls it together with a lot of character acting, and, like, I don't know, there's this, there's this shot in the early Miss Marvel scene, where she punches a wall off to the right. Yeah. And, like, they've got her standing, like, ramrod straight, and the other characters, like, her ramrod straight and her, like, stretchy fist coming out to the side. Yeah. And the other characters are sort of more bendy and recoiling back from it. And that's a, I think that's actually a really nice dynamic panel. It and, is. And 
he's known for having that kind of bendy, exaggerated style of the characters, which on the one hand, you're right, it does help make this more than just words, words, words. And there is effort in the character acting. On the other hand, I think, well, you notice that there are some stylistic things with anatomy, like all his characters seem to have substantially large hands and feet, not yeah. just, not just the Hulk or Miss Marvel. They're like that feels small like bodies. That feels like a deliberate thing, though, right? Either it's because a particular stylistic way of indicating that these characters are younger, or just the way he draws. I think it kind of, honestly, I think it kind of works against the book because it further shows that these teenagers who, they're like middle teens, like 16 at least, are something other than the creators, like some kind of strange species that they need to study and determine what they mean with these words like YOLO and woke and... I hadn't considered the age thing. I had a teacher once an art teacher who he would go on multiple times about how when you're drawing the hands you want to make them slightly bigger than they actually are his example he'd always go to was um michelangelo's david he'd say that the hands are a fair bit bigger than they actually should be but the reason he said the reason for that was because because humans we've got we've got a ton of wiring dedicated to reading human faces and then after that we've got a, a fair chunk of wiring to reading human hands yeah so if like if you're going to put images of people in front of humans they're going to interpret the face and then they're going to interpret the hand so if you've got like say equal as much detail on say the shin as the hands the hands are going to read not as complex as they should be that's true the point I wanted to get to is, like, at the beginning of the comic, we've got this one random page divorced of context of Champion's merchandise. Yeah. And then we've got a nice scene of back and forth talky with character acting. And then we've got this single montage page that doesn't quite make sense. Sort of needs more. I don't know. It reminds me of those pages in Dark Knight Returns where they'd have like 16 panels and they'd try and sell. They have a few talking heads and then a few shots of the action they were talking about to try and give you a general sense. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's sort of trying to get that sense across but doesn't quite have enough shots. And then after that, we've got another scene of characters talking back and forth and it's action and there's like pretty solid character acting followed by this single panel of Cyclops shooting hulk in the butt with a laser randomly it's the fastball special he's push it he's planning to push the hulk at the enemy training robots by blasting him because i guess the hulk's strong enough to withstand it is and not actually get harmed by the push didn't they walk into the woods why would there be training bots in the woods be i guess because and you're right, in the background it switches to inside a metal room, so, which kind of confused me the first time I read it. I guess it's some kind of virtual reality thing where you can customize the backdrop. It does kind of come out of nowhere. It seems like they just needed to fill a page because it takes up the entire page. Yeah, so yeah, that's sort of the thing I was getting at. You've got the comic is three mostly solid back-and-forth scenes of characters talking, followed by the single contextless action pages well there's an action yeah. page and then there's the two sort of montage pages on one hand i appreciate that they're trying to sort of break up the rhythms otherwise this would just be wall-to-wall -wall talking yeah 
I don't know, it almost feels like a lot of this was done after the fact. They had script for, like, three conversations, and maybe they thought maybe two would go in one issue, one would go in the next, then, oh, actually, we'll jumble the, the schedule worked out that they had to go together, and then... So, yeah, I don't know, it... It doesn't quite feel all together. You're claiming the champions was half-assed? I'm trying to be nice to Humberto. I think... I think well, that... I don't think it's his fault that this... I mean, he's drawn a lot of different things. It, to his credit, he's kept... He's drawn every issue of the champions on schedule. Maybe but... I just want to be nice to Mark Wade because my cousins, like... My cousins are a fair bit younger than me, and they don't think I'm cool anymore since they're teenagers now. And so I know what it's like for to not be hip with the young people. Well, I was never hip as a young person, and Mark Wade can do so much better than this. He's done several stories that I really loved, and this is not one of them. This is... I we met- lost control of the narrative is actual spoken dialogue. Yeah, it's a good thing we're reading it for the pictures. With that, we move on to Youngblood, number one. Yeah, another book where characters constantly pull out their smartphones. Well, in in defense of that, that's what the youth do these days. But yes, Youngblood, number one. Uh, this is a uh, written by Chad Bowers, art by Jim Tao. Um, this is a relaunch of one of the original Image properties. My history with Youngblood, I haven't read any of the Youngblood comics, but I did read the Brandon Graham Prophet series that came out a few years back that was had a few young blood characters in it but it was set like a thousand years in the future and it also wasn't involving rob liefeld uh he was involved a little bit he did some art for it how did that work it, it was fine really yes oh well, guys, we, should, like, we should mention about this book that there's a backup story by the rob himself rob liefeld there's just four pages of backup and it's easily the weakest part of the book well let's talk about the backup first because that's why i wanted to um that's why i picked this book for us to read because of liefeld yes liefeld i i like rob liefeld not a fan of his art but i'm a fan of the man but as far as the backup's concerned it's just kind of nothingy like it's not as outrageously exaggerated as you'd expect it's just right just kind of nothingy but it's more apparent when he's doing just talking scenes or in the first book page a sleeping scene that's just entirely the guy lying asleep in his cell which gives you more time to notice the just the little things that like with the folds on the on the bedding and the clothing i mean i know i'm not the best at this either i know it's difficult but and the face like it this is about the blankest face i can imagine seeing like he's asleep he's unconscious but he doesn't look like he's sleeping you look kind of like a mannequin just there's no indication that anything is going on there yeah it must be like you think okay with the young blood relaunch we're gonna get rob liefeld involved for a backup what does rob liefeld like to draw and well i guess on the second page you get to see a huge rock guy a little rock guy and a small man with two things that i guess are guns 
Oh, they read as guns. They're fine. They read as guns in the sense that there's a handle and an end pointing outwards. And I guess the glowy green thing at the end is supposed to be some kind of like laser emitting crystal or something. And of course, he had the little guy has content bat webbing on. He's got the harness with the pockets because that's what Rob Liefeld characters have. And he guess he has the bandana and the cigar. Well, you know what this scene is, right? This this scene is it's what just four figures in a cube and i say a cube because i cannot find a door that's a a true point well it is a prison for a character who i guess is a superhuman oh so maybe they've like it's not just the people sneaking in it's also like the guards who have some sort of teleporter technology yeah i guess they built the hit around him or we are being very generous here like it could just have a door that's not shown not drawn in like they could just like how the big rock guy's feet in the second panel may actually be just triangles undefined as part of his species yeah i get i imagine the rob is quite a busy man and so this is a scene that has no background Uh, it's a bunch of repeated panels for the first page so yeah i this is yeah i guess you're buying this to see the rob's art then i don't know i think you may be a bit out of luck with this one yeah before this the only young blood comic i read was the very first one because i found a dollar bin and it looked entertainingly bad and it had saddam hussein's head explode i'm sorry hassam hussein i guess we must be accurate with these things we're not quite good on really talking about the art and the main thing of this book yes um we've looked at a few relaunches for this podcast series we've done so far and this is a whatever relaunch of a property but it actually feels kind of new from a story point of view well that's good and you can just read it from the perspective of the new young blood the young young blood who i guess are the heroes with their social messaging app help and you can just see the stuff with the older guys as being in the background and we'll get to it later like the fact that the android diehard is now president that's that's kind of cool. Oh yeah, there was that one relaunch where he we got to see Liefeld draw Obama with holding a big boxy gun. Yeah, that um, happened. Uh, while we're on the topic of Die Hard being president, the first thing that I thought of is um, Die Hard shows up in Profit, and yeah. there's like one issue where it's like, oh, like here's a few like Die Hard's been around for a thousand years, and here's a few snapshots of the life he's lived between when he showed up in the original '90s comics and now. And I was thinking. Hey, Hang on a minute, in his flashback, Die Hard never talked about being president. And then I thought, if you're a thousand years being president, maybe it's kind of just a blip on the radar. Yeah, and since he, in his universe, he apparently came right after Obama, the world didn't end, so... Yeah, well, let, let's not get too depressing for a comic book podcast. Right, right. If we're going to focus on any, like, single aspect of the art in this issue, the thing to talk about would be the app and the phones. That is a pretty clever visual device i i usually get suspicious when i mean like that sequence drawn by jim toe with the superheroine gunner and they showed the different reviews she's gotten with the different images over here doing things like she got a two-star review because she saved the guy's life but blew up his store or something yeah that's um it's funny having the app sort of contextualizes a lot of things that we just accept about comic like if we wanted 
turn to like okay we need to set up that this character has done a bunch of superheroing and saved a bunch of people like normally you'd have to have like caption boxes like oh for the past few months I've been doing this and I've been doing this and I've been doing this and instead we've got some like captions with star ratings which is her being rated on the app and further along in the book where some other superheroes show up there's caption boxes which would be like as if someone was searching for them in the app I think yeah and it's like like right the scene with the shape size changing hero man up who apparently went missing the sec in the between the page where we see him last and the page where he, he's only in three pages and then it's like we go to page four at the police station that's apparently weeks later and he's been gone that long are you talking about the on the spread where it's got the the text with him talking like it's got the like, yeah. word balloons like on an iphone messaging app yeah oh yeah i forgot about that yeah um yeah that's um yeah i like that because little word balloons are laid over a scene of him like running and becoming a giant person that was kind of hard for me to determine that's his power i guess because the panels where he's running are s- small enough and and that you can't really tell that he's getting bigger yeah, and it's um i had a little bit of trouble with that too especially in the on... big panel you can only tell by the for by the fact that the power lines are superimposed in front of him but even then it's like lunging forward towards the viewer is something all superheroes do jumping off buildings is something all superheroes do it isn't immediately obvious that he's growing to giant size yeah it's uh it's actually a problem i had when we were reading scarlet spider last week like the first page was him like hanging off what looks like the statue of liberty's flame and i thought to myself he's bigger than he should be isn't the statue of liberty a huge statue and then it pans around and and it's like, oh, this is actually in Las Vegas, and it's a replica of the Statue of Liberty that's smaller. It's like, oh, okay, but it doesn't... This actually, like, it doesn't quite work because superhero, like, it's not that uncommon to just have, like, more of a conceptual page where there's a huge leaping shot of the figure, but the power lines do a bit to sell it. I was thinking when I saw that, um, in some, like, a lot of concept art I've seen where they try and convey, like, oh, this is a giant thing, like, a sort of go-to way to solve that is to have, like, a flock of birds around it. Yeah. Not sure that would work here, but... um. Well, they, the easiest way would be just to show some regular-sized person next to him, but he's changing like, into his secret identity. Like, maybe if there was, like, another figure on the building, or the building one over. Yeah. yeah. Size is a hard thing to convey. Yes, I know. But, yes, there's a, f- a few advantages that come with this app, like, with the a lot of the focus of this story being around an app, but um, there are some disadvantages. Um, on the first page in particular, there's there's two shots of phones, and yeah. the like it's obvious that they've mocked up what the screen is supposed to look like, and then distorted it to fit into the text box. And yeah. it's actually quite hard to read some of them because of how they've been distorted. Yeah, the text is pretty small and it kind of fuzzy. Yeah, it's um, it's kind of tricky how you would go about that because you don't if you've made the text physically larger it wouldn't quite read as an as a phone as it is there's a lot of stuff missing that would be on an actual messaging application like there's no box down at the bottom to type a new message there's no send button there's no contact name at the top but it still kind of works but if you made it larger it would yeah it's i guess you, if you intend for people to read text that's shown on a phone you have to get it pretty close to face 
missing the camera, so to speak. But there's this one on a few pages over that's got the the chick with the purple hat running, and it's got the phone, and that's a lot more readable. But that's a lot more flat to camera. It'll be yeah. tricky to see how this they address this problem going forward. Like maybe they'll just start using the phone stuff a lot less. I I imagine they would have to because the gimmick would could wear thin pretty quick. But aside from that, if this is since the solicits talk about Jim Toe as a newcomer for an early effort, this is a really strong one. Yeah, there's a like I'm like obviously we can't know how much is direction from the writer and how much is the artist coming up with stuff on their own. But there are a ton of neat little tricks in this. Uh, just going from the beginning, we've got this two page spread. Like you think there seems to be a conscious effort to divide the standard to- the talking scenes from the action scene on this panel with him turning giant and jumping off the roof they that panels are sort of tilted yeah it's almost as if like the page was supposed to be right way up and then it's been tilted and it lines up with the buildings and there's a few pages over with the star review things like it's a standard three panel page one that takes up the whole first tier and then two that are taller than they are wide but they've been they don't line up with the page borders they've been shifted and a few more talking scenes and everything right way up interesting Um, when we get back to the action scene it's got just some panels that are right way up down the right side of the page but there's um the the purple chick she's outside Gunner. Of the, yeah she's outside or, of the panel i guess she changes the name vogue because the first vogue aka nicola voganova is now first lady but anyway go on yeah and then on the pages after that it's all bleed panels which we have apart from the two played splash we hadn't had yet which oh and there's in this mind control panel yeah this is like it's got like a circle which is this goat demon uh followed yeah. by and it's got all these panels around it that are little arrows leading into the view from a, the scope of yeah. a sniper the spiraling rifle. texture and the little spider webs a lot around the eyes for the people being controlled oh yeah i hadn't seen that yeah it's a lot of neat little tricks in this one yeah and there's shaft showing up in the final panel of the main story with i didn't recognize him at first because he's drawn with regular human proportions not liefeld proportions and he's given how pretty much all the original youngblood characters were existing superheroes from marvel and dc with the serial numbers filed off so well in fairness is he is he a knockoff green arrow is he a knockoff Hawkeye? Or is Hawkeye knock a knockoff off Green Arrow? Or is Hawkeye a knockoff Green Arrow? And eh, they're all the same. Well, he's just a generic archer. And of course, his bow has no strings because that's something Liefeld was infamous for not drawing. I hadn't noticed that. Well, the antimatter bowstring was a common joke about the old young blood shaft. So I guess they made it literal. And the costume design, it's. I'm not sure what to make of it. I got kind of got stuck on it. Specifically the shaft one? Yeah, because for the most part, the designs are meant to read as fairly generic superheroes. They wear colorful tights because that's what superheroes wear. There's a bit of interesting stuff with Man Up having a giant-sized costume that he literally grows into that's pretty much just a onesie with a hood. Oh, I hadn't 
read that. Yeah, I didn't see that at first. It, it's not immediately obvious, just like the fact that he's growing, period. But And I do like the design for oh, yeah, it's like Gunner huge, Slash. Yeah, it's like a huge bedsheet kind of thing. And then, yeah. now that I see it, they got a shot of like, a foot coming out of what looks like a huge, like, massive fabric. And then it's got two more shots of those feet again, but the fabric's tighter around him. That's... Like, now that I see it, it's really clever. It's just I'm not sure why I didn't pick up on it in the first place. Yeah. And for the most part, the costumes do a good job of conveying a general sense of who the characters are. Like, Gunner has pink except for her black leather jacket and her appropriate gun, which is silver. I oh, am. Yeah, in the page like, with the star reviews, they got one shot where she's got two pistols. Yeah. And they got a scene below where she's got, like, a... It's like a more of a rifle slung over for her back. Yeah. It's a neat little trick to make it clear that those are um, separate inc- incidences. Yeah, that's a good point. There's a lot to like here about the art. Maybe they just, I mean, Shaft is the example of a character who really doesn't need to wear a costume. Like well, no, None of these jokers do. They don't, but like, if your name is Spider-Man, you're ex- of course expected to wear a, a spider costume, or Batman wears a bat costume. Shaft, where, I guess since his name is literally the Shaft of, an, of the air and not a reference to the famous black exploitation film. I guess he couldn't just wear an arrow suit, so he's wearing this weird red and white thing with the single sh- shoulder pad and yeah, one well, arm bare and the other one covered completely for some reason. Oddly enough, someone was talking about small details in character design and they were talking about how Hawkeye only has one glove. And the idea being that if he had another glove, it would get in the way when he was pulling back a bowstring. Yeah, but I guess this is the same thing that one's supposed to be the arm guard, but he also has two gloves. It it actually, yeah, that's even. I was going to say it doesn't quite read here because the other arm has like a skin tight sort of spandex thing over it. Yeah, but then it's even worse because the arm that doesn't have the covering has a glove which has like the end of the glove is sort of flared off a little bit so that would be like even more likely to get in the way of when you're pulling a bowstring yeah yeah so i think that redesign got a little bit yeah they weren't quite thinking of why the one arm yeah you'd sort of well it's not like they had much to work with in the first place yeah i can't speak for the originals but yeah, one last point I wanted to make about this is there's a lot of specificity that goes into city scenes and just reading backwards. On this scene with the white-haired chick showing up, they've made an effort to have lots of different types of tall buildings around. Yeah. In this scene where this guy's riding the goat, they've got this like building with this like kind of interesting archway and they've made a point to put a van in front of it and yeah, as i was just flicking back through it there's a lot of they're not the focus of the scene but there's a few shots of a city where it's like oh that's not a generic building someone thought like hey i i presumably live in a city and i've seen interesting buildings around so let's make well, an effort they name all the specific cities like it opened in detroit this is baltimore yeah, they've got, like, docks down when she's save the star rating saving people. There's, like, a thing down at the dock, and they're able to communicate that it's a dock with just a few specific things. And a lot of it's stuff you wouldn't even notice if you weren't looking for it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely would want to see this artist draw something else, not Youngblood. 
I don't know. Like, I'm not sure he'd, if you were put on, like, a different superhero property, there'd be all that much more to get. Like, I think Youngblood, like, gives him enough wiggle room as any other superhero property. Yeah. I don't know. I think this is quality work. It is. You seem to be a bit more down on the a bit more down on the social media-y aspect of it. No, I... It works in context. I guess I, it's generally a signifier, the use of social media, so obviously in a story that it's going to be about the social media and, it, and how social media is either great or evil based on an outsider perspective. But this wasn't the case, so... I rescind that initial impression. That was two books about young superheroes, and... Both were well-drawn, at least. Yeah. Offhand, I think the Youngblood one was more well-drawn and a bit more clever little tricks in it. Yeah. It was also had more interesting stuff to draw, all said and told. Yeah, well, I gave you an introduction to Champions, and would you be reading either of these comics again? Just for the pictures, I, I actually might for Young Blood. And... Yeah, I'd, I'd give Young Blood another read. I know you're going to keep reading Champions and complaining to me about it. It's I've... not complaining if there's act because I honestly don't care if it gets better or not. Whatever you got to say, buddy. I'm sharing information with you at how hilariously bad these scripts are. But anyway, that was uh, because yeah. you're fam. You are fam. But yes, that was Youngblood Issue 1 and Champions Issue 8. I've been Dave Clark. If you want to find me online, you can just go to my website, which is daveclarkart.com. And that's Clark with an E. Where can people find you, Neil? You can just Google me at Wirecats with a Y. Anyway, that's been Read It for the Pictures. Um, we'll catch you around. See ya. Bye.